Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys. It is Tuesday, January 23rd. Ian Cameron with you. Alex B. Smith under the weather. Back with us probably tomorrow. But I'm here and we are ready to take apart this Tuesday card. It is a big Tuesday slate, as it usually is. Uh, we've got uh, nine games on tap in the NHL. and We'll break all of them down in just a moment. Shout out to uh, everyone in the chat. Um, and uh, we're going to look back first, though, at last night's action uh, in the NHL. Um, the Jets and the Bruins, huge game. Last night, uh, clash of the Titans, if you will, two of the best teams in the NHL and in their respective conferences. Boston uh, with the four to one win last night. Uh, late absence was uh, Gabe Velarde. We weren't sure at the time of the show yesterday if he was going to play. Sure enough, we found out right before the opening puck drop that he is uh, not going to uh, play uh, last night uh, in that game for the Jets and uh, no Shifley as well. And just a very difficult time generating offense last night for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Now, you do have to credit Boston uh, for that as well. They played a really solid game uh, away from uh, with the puck. Uh, you know, away from the puck, I should say. But uh, you got to give the um, Bruins credit for a good defensive game. There's no doubt, though, that uh, Winnipeg was definitely missing some firepower. And just in the first two periods, you know, they really weren't able to generate a whole lot. And that was certainly a problem for them. So uh, Jets with the uh, 4-1 loss last night to the Bruins. And the Boston Bruins remain perfect right now on this homestand. It's been a very good uh, homestand for them. Uh, and they get the 4-1 win last night over the uh, Winnipeg Jets in that one. Uh, the Vegas-New Jersey game, wild affair between the Golden Knights and the uh, Devils. Back and forth it went. Not a good defensive night really for either team. But for Vegas, a team that usually we can trust, you know, with a five to three lead, not the case last night. Uh, they give up three unanswered and the New Jersey Devils bolstered by a hat trick from Tyler to end up getting a six to five win last night over the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, kind of tough. I was hoping, well, I was very happy the draw cashed because I was on that, but uh, that was the one draw that did cash for me last night. And that really helped because you know what? While it was a down night for me overall, it could have been a lot worse if the draw didn't hit in that Vegas, New Jersey game. So that's what we talk about on this show constantly with betting, you know, two or three or four draws uh, on a nightly basis. You hit one and you certainly if you hit two, man, it is noticeable and it really does a lot to boost your bankroll. There's no question. So. Um, very, very interesting to see uh, how Vegas bounces back because Bruce Cassidy was not happy with his team's defensive effort, saying we played like a played it like a preseason game. We treated that game like it was a beer league game. Uh, he was just not happy at all. So we'll see how they fare tonight, though, against the Islanders, who you know we're talking about the coaching bump, and you know maybe a run is on the way for this Islanders team now with Patrick Waugh behind the bench. So. That is a very interesting matchup, and of course, we'll get to that in just a bit. Uh, 4-1 Florida against Nashville. <laughs> Panthers with the victory. Very happy to see that. Um, if I had stayed away from the overs in that game, the first in the period and the full game over, I would have had a clean sweep in that game. But certainly, we was right on the money with the Florida opinions, money line. A little fortuitous with the team total because we got, uh, obviously, a late goal, 3-1. to one. Uh, and then, of course, another late empty net goal, four to one. 
uh, to make it 4-1 in favor of the Preds. A little too empty net goal magic for me uh, with the team total there on the Panthers. But it was a solid game. They deserved to win. They outplayed Nashville. Uh, 38-27 were the final shots uh, in that game. And this Florida team, I'm I'm con- going to continue to try to make money with this team on the road. Uh, they have been uh, absolutely terrific away from home lately, there's no doubt. Uh, and I think when you look at this Panthers team, uh, it's almost like they've, they, they've really, really honed in their game defensively more so uh, on the road. At home, for some reason, they, they play a little more loose, wide open style of hockey, not as t- attend- not as much attention to detail defensively, but you know, on the road, they have been excellent, this Panthers team. And uh, they show their road warrior prowess again last night with that four to one win over Nashville uh, in that game. Uh, uh, Arizona with a five two win against Pittsburgh. Um, one of the most embarrassing goals that you'll ever see a team give up. Pittsburgh. Uh, it ended up being a delayed penalty uh, in favor uh, that was going to go to the uh, Arizona uh, Coyotes, and sure enough, they take uh, Tristan Jari out of the net uh, for the extra attacker uh, for, during the delayed penalty call, and then it just a unacceptable, inexcusable miscommunication by uh, Malkin and Latang, and it ends up resulting uh, in the puck going in the empty net uh, for a goal that just was a backbreaker because that made it 4-2 Arizona, and that was just uh, dreadful for Pittsburgh to give that up. I blame Latang. What the fuck are you doing, man? You're, you're basically a blind backhand pass backwards right towards your wide-open empty net. You know, that I, the Latang's the one that's at fault. And it, it handcuffed Malkin. It put him in a tough spot. Now, it went off Malkin sticking in. I get that. But Latang put um, Malkin in a, just a brutal spot uh, in, in that situation. And uh, that's just, you know, absolutely terrible. Uh, and then Malkin, of course, off his sticking in. It was just, and that, that the moment that, game, that went in, you felt like that's really going to take the wind out of the sails of that Penguins team. And, you know, it pretty much did. Uh, but credit to Arizona, man. Another home win for them. We talk about the record at Mullet Arena. It's been great. Uh, they get a 5-2 win against Pittsburgh there. Uh, Vancouver, 2-0 against Chicago. Certainly, certainly picked the right avenue to go about this game. As I, The only bet I had was Vancouver team total over 1.5 in the first period at plus 185. They got both goals in the opening period and nothing after that. Uh, and it ends up being a 2-0 uh, Vancouver win. Um, pretty much parked the bus for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Kind of a little lackadaisical. Like, they kind of, with the lead, they kind of slept walked. But with Chicago's, you know, lack of offense right now with all the injuries, it really didn't matter. And when you've got Thatcher Demko, who's just playing as well as any goaltender right now in the NHL back there uh, to clean up the mistakes, uh, certainly uh, you don't, don't have to play a letter-perfect game. You don't have to play your A game necessarily and still be able to win games and have success. And we saw that from the uh, Canucks last night uh, in that uh, 2 nothing shutout over the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, the still very shorthanded Chicago uh, Blackhawks. Very disappointing from the LA Kings, the last game of the night. I mean, they get a win against the Rangers. They had dominated San Jose the previous two head-to-head meetings. That was not the case last night. Um, 4-3 shootout loss to the Sharks, although Kokkinen was about as good a game as he'll play. Uh, in net, LA did have the huge edge in territorial playing and chances and in shots on goal, but San Jose finds a way, opportunistic, um, and they find a way in the shootout 4-3 last night over the uh, LA Kings. So that's just a very, very disappointing loss for LA. They've got to try to get on some kind of run, and Tom McClellan's not having it anymore with uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Very pointed remarks after the game saying, 
He needs to step up his game and he needs to be there uh, and, and dig in a little bit more as far as his compete level is concerned. And, uh, you know, I was wondering when we were going to get some kind of pointed remarks toward uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. I mean, no points again in a minus two last night. He was on the ice for two San Jose goals. It's not good enough. Simple as that. Not good enough. And finally, I think Todd McClellan is at the point where, you know, he's got to say something about this guy. He hasn't delivered for the LA Kings and he hasn't been very good lately. Four straight games without a point for him. Uh, minus three uh, in those four games combined as far as his plus minus rating is concerned. So uh, very, very um, uh, poor showing this season from Dubois. Uh, certainly the Jets are getting the upper hand on that trade right now with the LA Kings. So we'll see if uh, he can um, get things going because certainly that was Todd McClellan trying to light a fire under Pierre-Luc Dubois' backside last after last night's loss. And we will see if he can uh, get his game back on uh, track moving forward but yeah definitely um a, a tough loss for la but shout out to alex b smith i know he's uh, under the weather today and he's not with us but we do have to shout him out for the drew doughty call uh his bargain bin special cashing in the uh, last few minutes with that game tying goal so drew doughty uh at least uh gets us one bargain bin special on the board from last night's uh card so great to see that come through at a very nice uh plus price with drew doughty scoring there for the Los Angeles Kings. All right, let's get into the Tuesday card, uh, and we will begin with the first of the nine games, Dallas Stars, Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Dallas minus 145, road favorites, six and a half the total here in this game. Uh, Detroit with a nice two-to-one win against Tampa Bay on Sunday, uh, uh, a Detroit over Tampa Bay Sunday sweep with the Lions over the Bucks, and, of course, in the NFL playoff game, and, of course, the Red Wings over the Lightning. Alex Lyon, man, he continues to give this team a chance to win for the most part on a nightly basis, which is what you want to see. Uh, the Red Wings playing very good hockey right now. Uh, seven and two in their last nine games. Um, they have bounced back from the loss at Carolina to beat Tampa two to one at home uh, on Sunday night. Uh, we'll see if they can keep it rolling here in this game against Dallas, who are coming off a shootout loss in the uh, coaching debut behind the bench of Patrick Waugh with the New York Islanders. Uh, Dallas loses that game by a score of 3-2. Uh, we'll see how this one uh, uh, goes between uh, these two teams tonight. I'm certainly not in a rush to fade Detroit. They're playing really good hockey. You know, do I want to lay a buck 45 on the road with Dallas? No. Um, they have dominated Detroit. Six straight head-to-head -head meetings have been won by the Dallas Stars head-to-head. -head. Three of those games have gone to overtime. I like what I'm seeing from Detroit right now. Uh, I'm going to keep it a small bet on Detroit because of the series history being dominant toward Dallas. But, you know, I like what I'm seeing from Detroit. And right now the Red Wings, with their current form, putting them out there as a, not just a small home underdog, but a plus 125 or so home underdog. A little disrespectful, if you ask me. A little disrespectful. So Detroit plus 125, I'm interested. Draw, I'm interested. I think this is definitely a good draw candidate. We saw Dallas go to OT against the Islanders. Detroit has seen overtime or a shootout three of the last eight games. And head-to-head, -head, we've seen three, four of the last nine between the Red Wings and Stars go past regulation. So this is a dog and draw for me, Detroit, and um, the draw. I like both teams to score, and I like first period over and both teams to score first period a little bit more than the full game. You know, because that's exactly what we saw with Detroit and Tampa Sunday night. We saw a 1-1 first period, and then it pretty much quieted down as far as goals after that. I could see something similar here. I mean, I lean to the over full game, but I just think the both teams to score in the first period and or a first period overlook might be 
uh, a better option. And keep in mind with Detroit, the Tampa game, first period over cashes. Carolina game on Friday night, first period over cashes. So that's two straight that we've seen cash over in the first period with the uh, Detroit Red Wings. So uh, those are the looks for me in this game. And then as far as uh, player props go uh, in this one, uh, you want to make sure you uh, keep an eye on uh, Detroit. And, you know, Daniel Sprong is someone that I'm definitely more and more uh, interested in as far as props. He scores the other night against Tampa, getting more and more of a higher profile for Derek Lalonde in the lineup. Uh, you're seeing him, his ice time move up just a, a little bit more and more. Uh, you've got Fabry on the second line, of course, for the um, Detroit Red Wings. Dylan Larkin's been on uh, a great stretch of uh, performance lately for them, no doubt. For Dallas, I'm going to go back to the well as long as he remains on the top line with Wyatt Johnston uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, so I'm definitely interested in that. Great, uh, That's a great stat from Landon, who loves his Stars about the first period over with the uh, Red Wings. Last nine home games in the division for Detroit have gone over one and a half uh, in the first period. So that's a good stat to go by there. Yeah, but those are the main props. I would maybe sprinkle on Daniel Sprong. That's Sprong, 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 Sprong. Uh, he has definitely been picking things up offensively. Even though he's on a bottom six role, he does get power play time. Larkin, uh, Fabry. I'd be interested in them for Detroit. My number one value prop for Dallas, again, remains Wyatt Johnston. Not saying that, uh, you know, Sagan and Duchesne and Marchment, that very strong second line can't produce, but I think you get even more uh, of even more value right now with someone like uh, Wyatt Johnston playing well for the uh, Dallas Stars. All right, next up, we've got Tampa Bay, Philadelphia. Uh, pretty much even money here, minus 110, uh, both sides, six, six and a half, the total in this game. It's a Philly or pass game for me. Um, I don't want Tampa on the road. I have not bet Tampa on the road hardly ever this year. I've either faded Tampa on the road or I've passed on the game from a side perspective. I don't think I've had one single Tampa Bay. Well, I did. Actually, there was one game I did have them, and I remember it. It was at Minnesota when Minnesota was beaten up to shit and shorthanded and had all those injuries, uh, and it was obviously a, a Minnesota team that was very, very depleted. Um, and I just don't trust the lightning on the road. That being said, the you know, talk about impact injuries for the Philadelphia Flyers, and Owen Tippett is an impact injury. You know, he missed the game against Ottawa on Sunday afternoon. Uh, he still remains day-to-day -day with the lower body injury, um, and obviously that first game without him, they lose 5-3 to the Ottawa Senators. That's an impact injury with how well he's been playing. 18 goals, 12 assists so far this season, and 30 points in 46 games for Owen Tippett, who had really been playing well, especially of late, you know, prior to the injury, prior to his absence against Ottawa, uh, in the uh, seven games before uh, his injury occurred, uh, he had scored six goals uh, in the last seven games for this team, points-producing machine. So it is definitely uh, uh, an impact injury for Philadelphia with him not available once again tonight for them. Samuel Erson, by the way, will be uh, in net for Philadelphia. We expect Vasilevsky back in between the pipes for uh, Tampa Bay. He wasn't actually that bad against Detroit, but again, lack of run support uh, in that game, uh, lack of offense uh, hurting him against Detroit on Sunday night. But Erson, he wasn't at his best against Ottawa, four goals on 33 shots was really his first subpar start in quite some time. Before that, he had played very well, though. He had had four straight games uh, of four straight starts of giving up two goals or less prior to the loss against Ottawa. So uh, we will see uh, how uh, he fares here in this bounce back uh, start here 
against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Philly's all of a sudden gone over the total in three straight games. Not always a team we think of as far as overs are concerned, but three straight Philly games have gone uh, over the total. Um, this is just a game for me where, uh, without tipping, I'm a little more hesitant to pull the trigger on Philadelphia. I lean that way. I'm, I'm probably not betting it as of right now. Um, as far as the total goes uh, in this game, uh, we talk about how uh, it's been kind of a mix uh, of overs and unders recently. I do want to point out, though, in Philadelphia, Tampa Bay's done pretty well uh, against this team. Uh, they have won uh, five straight uh, in uh, their last five visits here to Philadelphia, this Tampa Bay Lightning team. So I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to stay off. Um, I lean draw, but nothing other than that. Pass for me as far as the side and the total. I may look. I may look at some props here uh, in this game, but um, that's about it. Uh, I am interested in Farabee and Forster, uh, both of those players uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers. They're both on the left wing side in the top two lines. Uh, Forster, uh, you know, scored against uh, Colorado, uh, getting more opportunity. Uh, Joel Farabee is really starting to heat up for them. Uh, he is on a six-game point streak uh, for this Philadelphia team. Nine points in the last six games for them. Five goals in the last six games for this Philadelphia team. So uh, definitely interested in uh, maybe looking at Joel Farabee, who again is on uh, a nice offensive heater at the moment for the Philadelphia Flyers, no question. Um, so keep an eye on that. Uh, Scott Lawton, too, two goals in the last four games for him. So there's a couple of options there. I mean, for Tampa Bay, uh, you know, we do have a couple of lineup uh, shakeups here right now for them. Uh, we have Volteri Morella. Remember that guy that scored his uh, first goal in the National Hockey League a few games ago against Minnesota? Uh, he's on the third line now with Nick Paul and Connor Sheary. We've seen a little bit of a shakeup from John Cooper with the lines. Stamp goes point and Kucherov remains unchanged as the top line. But now Mikey Acemont moves up to the second line for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. It looks like tonight with Sorelli and, um, with Sorelli and uh, Hagel. Uh, on that uh, second line. So Mikey Acemont might actually have uh, a little bit uh, of value here uh, going into this uh, matchup tonight against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. All right, Ottawa and Montreal. We've got the Senators minus 140 road favorites, six and a half the total uh, here in this one. Ottawa, you know, talking about them the last few games as we have on this show, we th we think that Ottawa might be able to get on some kind of run we think that there's a possibility they're capable of doing that. But the first thing they have to do is win two in a row. And we have not seen the Ottawa Senators do that in a very, very long time. And that's the next step they have to take. You can't just win one and, and lose your next game. I mean, they have not won two in a row since the late part of December. So we've basically gone almost a full calendar month without two straight victories you know, for this Ottawa Senators team. So that's definitely something that I would be concerned about here going into this game. I also would be concerned about the fact that for Montreal, think about where they stand as far as this spot in the schedule returning home to face Ottawa. Number one, they lost to Ottawa last week, 6-2. to two, And number two, they got embarrassed by Boston uh, on Saturday night in that 9-4 to four loss. So you factor in that Ottawa beat them last week. You factor in the fact that... Um, Boston, you know, annihilated them nine to four Saturday night at TD Garden and two straight losses and outscored 15 to six in those two games. You would expect Montreal to be a little bit pissed off here, uh, want to bring a much stronger, better effort. Marty St. Louis was 
uh, has been re- really reluctant to criticize his team because he knows they're rebuilding. He knows they're a very young group. He also knows they've been very much injury depleted this season. When you think of the likes of Kirby Doc and Christian Dvorak and Alex Newhook, and then they've had others in and out of the lineup this year, uh, including, you know, Anderson's been in and out lately, but uh, definitely saying that, you know, we haven't competed as hard. We've been pushed around a little bit and, Note the pushed around statement that Marty St. Louis had after the Boston loss, because sure enough, look who's been recalled from the American Hockey League, Arbor Jackeye, who is now back with this team uh, and uh, back in the uh, lineup and back uh, on the blue line uh, here tonight for the uh, Montreal Canadiens. So I think um, that's a part of the uh, recipe that they are using to try to fix these issues right now uh, as far as. You know, just being able to stand up for yourself. And uh, we know uh, Arbor Jack, I will do that uh, when he is out there uh, on the ice for this team. But no, they got to clean things up defensively. Goaltending, we know, has always been up and down all year. Uh, Ottawa's coming off a nice win against Philadelphia 5-3. No, there's reasons for optimism for Ottawa. You look at the last five games, they beat San Jose, which is not a big deal, but they had the lead against Colorado. We're playing very well against the Avs, and then they let the lead slip away and they lost. They played a great game against Montreal. I thought they played Winnipeg as well as they possibly could. I thought there were times they outplayed Winnipeg on Saturday, and unfortunately they lost in overtime, and then they had the win on the back-to-back against Philadelphia. So there's definitely steps of improvement. You're seeing it with this Ottawa team now. You know, the more they get, you know, not as much travel, more opportunity to practice, trying to buy into what Jacques Martin is selling uh, as far as better defensive play, but it's still, you know, At the end of the day, you look back, and even during this better stretch, winning two in a row has eluded this Ottawa Senators team. They have still not been able, you know, to beat this team, to put two games in a row on the board. Um, And that concerns me going into uh, this game. Now, they have uh, gotten the better of Montreal. Uh, They've won seven in a row head-to-head over the Montreal Canadiens. But I'm going to go with a Montreal first-period full-game split tonight. Um, and I do want a portion of the first period on my um, on the on my uh, card here, not just full game, because I think the first period in particular, that's where Montreal might really be at their best. Maybe Ottawa a little vulnerable early uh, in this game. Uh, and that's where I think you could get Montreal uh, really trying to throw their best punch at Ottawa after these just really two porous games in a row. One of those against this same Ottawa team last week, and then we all saw what happened against Boston. It wasn't good. So I like Montreal, and I'm going to split with the first period in the full game. I'm on first period over. I'm on first period both teams to score as well. The same bets that I uh, cashed with last week when these two teams played. Again, that's first period over, first period both teams to score. And we're also going to take over six and a half here, minus 140 uh, as well. So uh, when you tally it up, although the Montreal bet is a split bet, you know, it, it's basically, uh, you know, if it were a one unit bet, let's say it would be on Montreal all together, then the way it would be for me would be a half unit on first period, half unit on the full game. Uh, And then, of course, I've got all those overs, which I think you have to look at. When these two teams play, there's goals. Three straight overs head-to-head, 5-4, 5-2, 6-2. Ottawa still trending over the number as far as their last uh, six games. Uh, 5-1 to the over their last six. Uh, Montreal, you know, we've seen what they've done the last few games, giving up 15 goals in the last two games combined. Um, So we should see goals tonight. Uh, First period, like I said, both teams to score. Um, First period over, full game over and also going to split Montreal with uh, uh, 
the uh, first period and the uh, full game with them. And as far as props go, like I said, it's a pretty good game for props. We do expect to see uh, some offense. And by the way, it's Jake Allen confirmed in net for Montreal. It should be Corpus Allo for Ottawa, but not confirmed there as of yet. Uh, but uh, Josh Anderson, Uri Slavkovsky, who remains on the top line. And like I said, as long as he remains there, there's some good value uh, for him to uh, find the uh, back of the net. Sean Monaghan, he's being showcased. There's a chance he's not with Montreal post-trade deadline. So, you know, look at that. For Ottawa, Vladdy Tarasenko, uh, for sure, because this is another case. We talked about how the showcase of Sean Monaghan by Montreal because he's likely going to get dealt for the trade de- by the trade deadline. Same with Vlad Tarasenko. I mean, there's a very good chance Ottawa deals him away uh, prior to the uh, trade deadline. So, uh, again, they want to see him play well. They're going to put him in spots, you know, to to get greater opportunity. Uh, And uh, I think you're going to start seeing that. And for Vlad Tarasenko, he has been on a a better offensive run lately for the uh, Ottawa Senators. Uh, One goal uh, against Philly, uh, one assist against Winnipeg, a goal against Montreal when these teams played. Last week, uh, four goals in the last six games combined, two, three, four, five, six points in the last six games combined as well uh, for Tarasenko. So, again, when you talk about these angles, these are some of those little intangible factors you can use to your advantage as far as betting player props is concerned. You've got players that are likely going to get moved, players that are going to want to increase their own trade value and the trade value for that for themselves, for the team. You've got it on each side here, Monaghan for Montreal and Tarasenko right now for uh, Ottawa. I think both of those guys won't be with their respective teams uh, after the uh, trade deadline. Uh, Batherson, you know, you could look in that direction as well as far as uh, player props go for uh, for Ottawa. Um, Matthew Joseph has been noticeable too. Now, he only has a goal and an assist in the last three games, but uh, recently Jacques Martin pushed him up the lineup a little bit. Uh, and he's been playing a little bit better lately for the uh, Ottawa Senators. So uh, keep him in mind as far as uh, maybe a, a player prop look as well uh, in this game. Ridley Gregg on the second line now, no longer the top line uh, for Ottawa. Now uh, we'll see if he can uh, produce once again, but he has been pretty good as far as uh, recent uh, production. No question about that. All right. Next up, we've got Vegas and the New York Islanders. Uh, uh, New York Islanders taking significant money here. Uh, up to minus 150 uh, as home favorites in this game. Uh, the total currently uh, sitting at uh, six and uh, shaded to the under uh, in this game. Uh, back-to-back for Vegas on the road. Tough spot, but not a happy head coach, Bruce Cassidy, after the loss to New Jersey. So you would expect them to want to play a lot better. Will it be enough? And it's a very tricky game. Um, you know, my initial thought on this game, well, first of all, I'm, uh, it's Islanders or nothing for me, you know. But just because you you want to bet on a team coming out of a coaching change and you want to ride that team as long as they keep winning, I don't love this price on the Islanders. And that's a Vegas team that got, doesn't get called out very much that was called out last night. So it would not shock me to see Vegas push back strong with a much better effort tonight uh, in this game. It looks like, too, with this being a back-to-back, uh, now keep in mind with the goaltending, we're not probably not going to see Logan Thompson. He played last night. Um, Yuri Patera, you know, he's been dealing with uh, uh, an absence lately as well for Vegas. You know, and Aiden Hill, is he finally ready to return? I mean, big questions are, need to be uh, – a- a- actually, Yuri Patera is not even up with the team right now. So it's Thompson. It's Isaiah Seville who's on this road trip. 
backing up Thompson. Yeah, Yuri Patera uh, is not even on the uh, uh, team with the team right now. But Aiden Hill is closing in on a return. He's expected to make his return at some point for Vegas during this road trip. Is it tonight? It's a possibility, but it hasn't been confirmed yet. But uh, there are some uh, sites uh, kind of thinking here um, that um, it might be a return uh, in net for Aiden Hill tonight in this game. So we will see. Islanders are passed for me. Like I said, once Patrick Waugh got hired, you know, we I admit, like I have always done for years uh, in the NHL, really in most sports, uh, the first game with the since the coaching change, you bet that team. I did that against Dallas, uh, cashed a ticket. But again, you're talking about now minus 150, minus 155. Vegas is still the better team. They're angry and upset the way they played last night. So I'd expect them to push back strong. So I don't like the price enough to bet the Islanders here, minus 150. I like the draw, though. I mean, why not? Draw, it makes sense. We saw, obviously, overtime last night, Vegas, New Jersey. Um, we saw the Islanders. It, they, they still required overtime, even with Patrick Waugh behind the bench for the first time uh, on Sunday night against Dallas. So I think the draw is certainly very live in this game, as it as it always is, it seems, with the New York Islanders involved. So for me, that's about it. The draw for me, that's the only bet pregame. Other than props, Dorofeyev. Yes, Dorofeyev is the one that's got the uh, value right now for Vegas. He scores last night uh, for the uh, Golden Knights. He's playing with Stevenson and Stone. It's a great opportunity. Nicholas Waugh, again, on the second line. There's value there as well uh, for Vegas as far as props go in this game. Uh, New York Islanders, I'm going to go with Hudson Fashing. Hudson Fashing's been moved up to the top six here with Patrick Waugh behind the bench. And sure enough, with that opportunity, he gets one of the three Islander goals uh, against the uh, Dallas Stars the other night. So uh, definitely, I think if you're looking at best player prop value, one for each team tonight, you're looking at Pavel Dorofeyev. Top line tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights, coming off getting a uh, goal last night against the uh, New Jersey Devils. And I think you look at Hudson Fashing for the uh, New York Islanders. Again, second line, someone that's gotten a little bump, you know, with Patrick Waugh here, uh, and he certainly made the most of it. And you're talking plus 690 uh, at Batano Sportsbook for Pav, uh, for uh, Hudson Fashing to score a goal. And even Dora Fayev here, plus 325, guy that's going to be on the top line. So, uh, very impressive. Wah, yes, I like Wah. Stevenson, yes. Stevenson more so assist props. Uh, I definitely am interested with that. Um, so for me, just the draw. I lean Islanders. I'm not going against the Islanders until I see them lose with Wah uh, behind the bench. Uh, we know how these work. Uh, oftentimes you see a, a, a streak and a win streak unfold. And, I, and you know what I noticed too with the Islanders? And, you know, it really made a, a point of it to pay attention to that Dallas Islanders game a little bit more conservative. And I wasn't sure how Patrick Waugh was going to employ his system here initially. Was he going to let these, this team play a little bit run and gun? Was he going to try to focus defensively? Looked like focus defensively was what he was looking at uh, in that game against Dallas. I thought, you know, a little bit more of a conservative type of approach from the Islanders. So um, for that reason, and Vegas, you know, is ticked off that they blew a lead and gave up six to New Jersey last night. I think theoretically, conceptually, the under could make some sense here uh, in this game tonight with the uh, Golden Knights and the Islanders. Again, that's just my initial thought. We only have one game sample size, you know, not much data points to rely on as far as how are the Islanders going to go about playing as far as style of play is concerned with Patrick Waugh behind the bench. But my first thoughts on that Dallas game was they're going to try to tighten this thing up again because they know their defensive game has slipped 
throughout the course of the season, which is a big reason why they're not in a playoff spot uh, right now. So uh, definitely keep that in mind. That's just my first thought, just the eye test. And uh, speaking of that, watch Jimmy and Pierre's show by that same name. It's very good. Monday to Friday, our good friend Jimmy Murphy. Make sure you support him in that show. Uh, but just based on my eye test of watching Stars Islanders, it looked like they wanted to get back to simple game. Uh, make sure you cycle the puck. Let's make sure we manage the puck well. And, and I definitely thought that's uh, kind of what we got from the Islanders against Dallas. So uh, if I were to look at the total, I would lean under here. And certainly Vegas wants to tighten up the ship defensively tonight after what we saw uh, last night from them uh, in New Jersey. All right, next game, Washington and Minnesota. We've got the uh, Minnesota Wild minus 155 home favorites here in this game. Uh, total currently sitting at uh, pretty much six uh, shaded to the under across the board. Some books do have five and a half, though, uh, with the uh, total. So if you like the over, and I kind of do like the over in this game, uh, I would look to shop around here and look for that five and a half. Uh, Minnesota is one of those teams now that Kaprizov is back. And really, for the most part, their forward group is about as healthy as it's been in a very long time. We know this team was ravaged, you know, just a couple of weeks ago uh, as far as injuries are concerned. But right now you look at the injury report, and really other than Connor Dewar, you know, pretty much everyone else is healthy up front for the Minnesota Wild. And the reason I say that is because look at the way we've seen this Minnesota team look offensively all of a sudden here in the last uh, three games. Very, very solid uh, at that end of the ice uh, for them. Uh, and you know, part of it's Kaprizov being back. Uh, part of it is that, uh, you know, you've got uh, certainly uh, other players stepping up like Rossi, like jo Joel Erickson Eck has been very good lately. Uh, Ryan Hartman, uh, Zuccarello uh, has really uh, started to step his game up too for the uh, Minnesota Wild. But suddenly you look at them the last four games, they're three and one, and they have scored a grand total of 19 goals uh, in the last four games combined. So you know, they're averaging well over four goals per game, uh, the Minnesota Wild during this stretch. So uh, that definitely is something that uh, they're going to they're probably going to have to keep scoring because, you know, you look at the defensive end for them and there's still concerns because of Jared Spurgeon being out. It's just such a huge blow to this blue line. He is their best all around defenseman, their best shutdown defenseman as well uh, for this Minnesota Wild team. And now that his season is over, he's on IR. He ain't returning the rest of this season. Uh, definitely, uh, you could see, um, you know, this um, Minnesota team kind of transition into an over team a little bit. I know three straight overs now that they got all their forwards healthy and obviously Spurgeon remaining out on the blue line makes them worse as far as puck prevention is concerned. So I kind of view Minnesota in that realm right now as maybe there's some value toward overs with them. Although the flip side of that is it's not easy with Washington right now because five of their last six games have gone under. Uh, going into this game so uh, but at five and a half I am interested in the over and I will look at it at that number and it is worth noting when you look at head-to-head -head between these two teams uh one two three four four of the last six have gone over five and a half so we've had four of the last six meetings have had at least six goals with the uh, Minnesota Wild uh, and the Washington Capitals and especially here in Minnesota you go back to 2018 uh, these teams have met each other five times here at XL Energy Center and the scores of those games were 5-2, 5-2, 4-3. There was one 3-2 game that stayed under. And then the last time they met uh, last year in March was 5-3 uh, in favor of uh, Minnesota. So 
There are five and a halfs out there, and that's what I'm grabbing here. Over five and a half here with uh, Washington uh, and Minnesota. In fact, at Pinnacle, you can get over five and a half minus 118. BetMGM has over five and a half minus 120. FanDuel is over five and a half minus 122. So if you're betting the over, there's no reason to uh, not to get the five and a half here uh, on this game. As far as the side goes, look, Minnesota's won two in a row. Very impressive. I got to say, those two wins on the road were very impressive against pretty good teams, Florida, Carolina. But now you're back home. You're laying a bigger number. No, Minis- not, not in this price range am I comfortable with uh, Minnesota. I- I'm just not. But I'm not taking Washington either. So uh, it's definitely a pass for me as far as the side goes uh, in this game. As far as props, like I say, Rossi, Erickson Eck, Boldy, um, you know, Zuccarello, uh, Hartman, especially if you want to look at any of those players, um, you can't fault you for that because I can't fault you for that because they've been producing and playing well at uh, TJ Oshie for sure for Washington is just been on a terrific run here. The last five games, five goals, six points for the capitals in the last, uh, five games. So he's played extremely well, uh, offensively for them uh, as of late. So, I think definitely he continues to be someone that's worth a look right now for uh, Washington with how he's producing uh, at this point in time for the uh, Capitals. So uh, definitely I think Oshie props. And like I say, there's a, a, a multitude of Minnesota players right now that are producing at a pretty good clip that you could consider looking toward as far as player props go uh, in this game tonight. All right, St. Louis and Calgary. Uh, we've got the uh, Calgary Flames uh, right now, uh, minus 170. Uh, home favorites, six the total uh, in this uh, matchup. Uh, cashed a ticket with St. Louis on Saturday uh, against uh, Washington. Uh, it was the rematch between those uh, two teams after we saw um, Washington get the uh, better of the Blues in the game in Washington. Uh, St. Louis uh, bounced back uh, on home ice uh, in the very next game and ended up getting the uh, victory against the uh, Washington Capitals Saturday night. Now they go back on the road, and the uh, road has not been kind to the St. Louis Blues. They're only 8-13 and 13, uh, on the road this season. Uh, and, of course, we saw them lose at Washington, their most recent uh, road game, uh, just 1-4 and four in their last four games. The only victory was that aforementioned 3-0 shutout win uh, over the Washington Capitals uh, in their last game. Looks like as far as goaltenders tonight, it's Bennington versus Markstrom uh, in this game. Uh, Dylan Dubé away from the team to deal with uh, – uh, the player assistance program, mental health concerns. And by the way, it is confirmed Darcy Kemper and Philip Gustafson are your goaltenders in the uh, Washington and uh, Minnesota game. Darcy Kemper hasn't been great this year, but he is facing his former team, his original team, the Minnesota Wild. We'll see if that instills a better effort. I'm not totally sold on that. Uh, but getting back to St. Louis, Calgary, um, you know, St. Louis, like I said, they had the win against Washington, but not exactly a sign necessarily that things are back on track. The road record's been spotty. I will say this about St. Louis. They have won five of the last six against Calgary. So for whatever reason, the St. Louis Blues have played Calgary very well. A 3 nothing uh, shutout win uh, in Calgary back in October for the uh, St. Louis Blues. So we'll see if uh, they can uh, duplicate that again here. Uh, Calgary's off back-to-back losses at home against Toronto and Edmonton. Uh, they have Columbus and Chicago, uh, an extended homestand to wrap up their pre-All-Star break schedule. So, uh, you know, now you're going to be looking at maybe 0-3 on this homestand if you don't win tonight. So there should be a little sense of urgency, I would think, here from uh, the Calgary Flames uh, in this game tonight, uh, taking on the uh, St. Louis Blues. Um, 
We'll see who's in net. It's like I said, it's it's confirmed already. Bennington and Markstrom. You know, I think I think Calgary. It's a good spot for them to win. I just don't love the price enough. So I would probably look at a Calgary team total in this Calgary team total instead, uh, because that's that's what I do now with the favorites of minus. You know, above minus one fifty, I, I veer more toward team total, and you can get probably the Calgary over three and a half here. You know, plus one hundred five. Uh, in that kind of range, I could see it. Keep in mind, too, before the win against Washington, we saw the Blues give up a five spot to the Capitals on the road. They gave up four to Philly, four to Boston, five to Florida, four on the road at Pittsburgh. You know, not exactly shutting it down uh, of late St. Louis and especially so on the road. So I think Calgary team total over three and a half. I'm interested in that. Uh, we've talked about Calgary first period overs lately, uh, how they've been doing pretty well. Uh, not so much in that Edmonton game. It was a very tight first period. It only ended up one nothing uh, for the um, Edmonton Oilers on Saturday night. But certainly, I mean, I would look maybe toward uh, this um, first period uh, over tonight. Maybe the full game as well, but maybe veer a little bit more toward the first period over uh, for the Blues and the Flames tonight. But more than anything, uh, Calgary team total over, I do like. Uh, more than anything here in this game. And then as far as the props go uh, with the Blues and the Flames, um, you look at what St. Louis has been doing lately. Uh, a lot of their goals have come from, you know, very similar, you know, uh, uh, personnel. You know, we've, it's basically been the same cast of characters. You know, Brandon Saad even has been someone that's been uh, stepping things up a little bit for the uh, Blues. He's had two goals, the old veteran, uh, in the last few games. Jake Neighbors is on the second line with uh, the captain. Uh, Braden Shen, he scored against Washington. Uh, you know, I think he's probably maybe worth a look for the um, St. Louis Blues right now. Uh, Shen also had a goal uh, in that game against Washington. It was probably their best line. Saad, Shen, and Neighbors Saturday night against the uh, against the Washington Capitals. And then for Calgary, I mean, it's just basically wash, rinse, repeat the same uh, group of uh, players I've mentioned for weeks now on this uh, show as far as finding the back of the net. Sharon Govich, you know, man possessed right now. Uh, incredible run for him. I say stick with Matt Coronado uh, and see if you can cash a goal prop with him tonight, even though he didn't score in his return to the lineup against Edmonton on Saturday. He still had two shots on goal, still playing on the second line as well uh, for the uh, Calgary Flames. So uh, I still think there's a opportunity for him to uh, find the back of the net. Blake Coleman, who we've talked about quite a bit, uh, with five goals in the last six games for the uh, Calgary Flames and on quite the point streak as well, or point run, I should say, uh, during that span where he has two, four, five, six, eight points in the last six games, Blake Coleman uh, for the uh, Calgary Flames. So uh, definitely a, a decent uh, amount of uh, player props that uh, have some value, uh, especially for Calgary. Like I said, neighbors in particular would be one I'd be interested in for the St. Louis Blues tonight. All right, next up, we've got Columbus and Edmonton. Uh, the uh, Edmonton Oilers, minus 370 uh, home favorites in this game. Uh, the total currently seven uh, in this game with the uh, Blue Jackets uh, and the Oilers. This is kind of baffling to me that uh, we're seeing a seven here. Obviously, Columbus is involved, and they're not exactly a defensive juggernaut. We understand that. And that's probably playing a huge role in why this is right now, uh, no question. But when you look at Edmonton right now, and so much of this incredible 13-game win streak has been predicated 
on some of the best defensive play and goaltending we've seen from this team in years. I mean, this is uh, they have got their own Winnipeg Jets kind of streak going right now, where in the last 10 of these 13 consecutive wins, they have given up two goals or less to their opponent. So they have themselves now a little Winnipeg Jets, you know, team total under, uh, opponent team total under streak going right now. And of course, the Jets saw their uh, streak of holding teams to three or fewer snapped last night by Boston. But, you know, right now the Oilers have bought in to better defensive. It's not that they've bought in. It's that their, their structure's better. Their system's been changed. I think what ended up being the death nail or the nail in the coffin, I should say, for Jay Woodcroft is that for some reason after last year's playoff loss, he decided to go like this different like box and one hockey style, hockey version of a box and one defensive scheme early in the season, mimicking what the likes of Tampa Bay and Detroit and some other teams were, were playing as far as their defensive uh, prowess. And it was just the, the team was not taking to it. They just either they weren't grasping the concept or they couldn't execute it and replicate it on the ice. And that's when the defense was just horrendous early in the season. And before Jay Woodcroft, eventually right toward the end of Woodcroft's tenure, he decided I'm going to have to change it back to the way it was. And by then it was too late. They had already made the decision, hey, we're off to this brutal start. We have to we have to make a coaching change. But obviously they have simplified the defensive structure since Knobloch took over. And really to me, it's, not, it's more so not just Knobloch. It is Paul Coffey. It's a Hall of Fame defenseman who is on that coaching staff, who has done just an incredible job, you know, getting the message through to the players that you don't have to cheat for offense all the time, all right? You don't have to hang out at the blue line waiting for the puck to arrive and go the other way. No, you should be committing as a five-man unit on the ice with your other two forwards and your two defensemen and committing to making sure that when we don't have the puck, we're on top of it trying to get it back, to be in good position, to block shots, you know, to communicate in the defensive zone. And all of those things have improved uh, really immensely for Edmonton. And I didn't think they had it in them. I didn't think personnel-wise they had it in them to play uh, an extended stretch of play defensively like this. But they have shown that they're capable of it. And what is the better posture defensively and positioning and the new system and the, obviously the influence of Paul Coffey, one of the great defensemen of all time, for Edmonton? What has all of it done for this for this team? Well, what is it? it's also what it's done for Stuart Skinner in net. It makes life easier for him. He's able to see the puck better. Uh, you know, you're not giving him these grade A quality, high danger chances, shift after shift after shift every single game. And his play in net has also improved because, look, the team in front is playing better. So uh, you put it all together. And um, like I say, this is at the very beginning. I'm like, OK, they're playing a little better defensively. How long is this going to last? But it's lasted 10 straight games now of two goals or less that they've allowed. Uh, so we have to give them credit. And it shows you that this group, even with those question marks, you know, in the back end, everyone for years now has questioned, you know, Nurse and CeCe and Brett Kulak and Darnay and Bouchard, you know, as far as defensively, how they can get it done. Are they capable of getting it done? Well, right now they are. And Bouchard's defensive game has improved. Is he great yet defensively? No, but he's a lot better than he used to be. And we know what he provides offensively from the blue line with that boost bomb of a shot of his, the puck moving uh, ability, the the ice vision, uh, the ability to make a difference on the power play. So 
Uh, there's no question. Um, you know, this is definitely an Edmonton team that, you know, really, really like what I'm seeing from them. We'll see what the uh, Blue Jackets can provide as far as resistance. Uh, they lost 4-1 to New Jersey uh, in their last game at home. We'll see if they can uh, bounce back. They're just 1-4 and four in their last five games. The only win was against a Vancouver team that was in a pretty miserable spot at the end of a long road trip when they beat the uh, Blue Jackets last Monday afternoon, uh, or when they beat the Canucks, rather, Columbus 4-3 in a shootout last Monday afternoon. Uh, if you look at head-to-head matchup, though, Columbus has been a very, very big problem for Edmonton recently. Three straight head-to-head meetings. The Blue Jackets have been victorious, um, including a 3-2 overtime win here in Edmonton uh, last year. Um, And you look at Edmonton, too. One thing about this win streak, and especially recently, 3-1 against Ottawa wasn't easy. 2-1 against Chicago wasn't easy. Nearly went to overtime that game. They did play two overtimes in a row at Montreal, at Detroit. Toronto game, they were trailing. It wasn't easy. Seattle game, they were trailing. It wasn't easy. Uh, Calgary game, you know, that was um, 1-1 going into the third period. Wasn't easy. They pulled it out in the third period, uh, and they won 3-1. to one. I like the draw here. I'm going to take a shot. Uh, you're going to get a great price here uh, with the draw uh, in this game. Uh, wouldn't shock me if Edmonton finds a way to win because they've been the uh, They've been the uh, poster child of finding a way to win uh, repeatedly during this 13-game win streak. And I don't know if I, even with the three straight head-to-head wins in a row for Columbus, don't know if I'm fully trusting their current form to go into Edmonton and beat this team. But give them a battle, I could see it. They have matched up well with Edmonton. And the Oilers are winning, but not comfortably of late. Every game's been, they've had to work for it. They haven't been rolling over teams. This is not one of those recent win streaks where, Yeah, it's a 13-game win streak, but all 13 games, they've been crushing the competition. That hasn't been the case uh, here for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. So that plus 490 that I'm seeing at FanDuel for the draw is just something that uh, I think is a little too rich to to, uh, pass up. Uh, So that's what I'm going to look at, plus 490 with uh, Columbus-Edmonton draw uh, in this game. And I'd honestly lean under. I really would. Can't believe I'm saying that, but. Here I am saying that, uh, and Columbus is not a team I'm rushing to bed unders with, but you know they it was a 3-2 game last year in Edmonton with these two teams back in January, 3-2 Jackets in overtime, um, so keep that in mind. Um, yeah, I, I'll draw for me. That's, uh, that's what I'm looking at here in this one. Uh, I think it's uh, plus 490. It's worth a look, and that's why I like that better than Columbus. Um, first of all, I don't know if Columbus wins this game. I don't trust them fully. But I think they will put up a battle. And if you look at this Edmonton team, you just came off big-time games, Toronto, Seattle, Battle of Alberta. You know, it definitely, I think, Columbus, you know, depending on what we get from Elvis Merzlikens, who is trying to show off his value right now because he wants out. Uh, he wants a new, fresh, clean start. and He probably needs it at this point. Will we get a good game from him in this one? Um, we'll see. Uh, he was very good against Vancouver when they beat the Canucks. Kind of wasn't nearly as sharp against New Jersey, but it's essentially what you get right now with uh, Elvis Merzlikens. So that's what I'd be looking at. And then as far as uh, is the draw here, and then as far as props go, um, I'd say Sillinger and Shinikov on the top line for Columbus are worth a look. Uh, they have been uh, pretty reliable. Sillinger's really started to heat up since Pascal Vincent moved him up to the top line center spot. Fogel, M- McLeod, you know, uh, I would not sleep on some of these depth forwards for uh, Edmonton uh, either. 
uh, of late. Sam Gagne, we saw him score the other night. Uh, Dylan Holloway returning to the NHL on Saturday night. He got an assist. Now, he was only on the fourth line. He played fewer than 10 minutes, but he did make an impact. He got on the score sheet with an assist in that game. So uh, definitely we will uh, keep an eye on that. But for me, uh, the draw for sure. I think plus 490, very real draw possibility here because I think the Jackets are going to come here to and, and I like that they've been you know, resting and cooling their heels since that loss to New Jersey on Friday night. So this has been extended rest for Columbus. They haven't played since Friday night. So very well-rested Jackets team coming into this game against Edmonton. I think they will put up a battle. Not sure about win, but overtime when they went to OT last year, head-to-head in Edmonton, I definitely think that's possible. All right, Buffalo-Anaheim. We've got the uh, Sabres minus 160 uh, road favorites. Uh, six the total here uh, in this game. Uh, Sabres, of course, on the road now going out west, uh, taking on this Anaheim Ducks team that um, just cannot get out of their own way right now. It's just really, really unfortunate what we've seen from Anaheim. I think there's more talent there than their record would indicate. How you could probably say that about both of these teams. There's more talent uh, with them than their records indicate, but you are what your record says you are. And both of these teams below 500 and at the moment unlikely to be playoff teams uh, in the uh, spring. Uh, Buffalo coming off a 3-1 home loss to Tampa Bay, so they dropped the final game of that uh, homestand. Uh, and uh, t- kind of, well, you are who your record says you are because you know you want to see who you can beat and who you're not capable of beating. And when you look at Buffalo here on that homestand, they went 3-3. Three and three. They pretty much lost all the good teams, and they beat all the bad teams. You know, they lost to Seattle, Vancouver, Tampa Bay, they beat Ottawa, San Jose, and Chicago. So, you know, that tells you all you need to know. But right now, Anaheim's a pretty bad team. So when you look at this matchup, this should be a game Buffalo's capable of winning. There's no question. Uh, now, the road record's 9-13. and 13. It's been a little bit worse than their home record. Um, Anaheim's home record's been worse than their road record. I mean, I certainly think Buffalo can win it. I'd lean that way. But am I laying minus 160 with the Buffalo Sabres? Absolutely not. There's no way that's going to be uh, done uh, going into this game. No way, no how. Uh, it's going to be John Gibson in net for uh, Anaheim. Uh, when you look at uh, what uh, he's done lately, hasn't been good. It's back to the John Gibson kind of struggling right now. Edmonton lit him up for seven. Gives up five to Carolina, four to Florida, four to San Jose in that loss the other night to the Sharks. Didn't play against the Rangers. Uh, Dostal played. Um kind of a struggle lately for the veteran. Uh, Uko Pekka Lukanen uh, has all of a sudden started uh, five straight for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Remember, they've sent Devin Levi down, so it's either going to be Uko Pekka Lukanen making a sixth straight start. Uh, actually, no, Levi's back with the team. They sent Comrie back down, so uh, Levi's backing up. Uh, we'll see how this one goes. I mean, I could only look over the total in this game with these two teams. I think Buffalo can score on this Anaheim team. Everyone's scoring on them. And the fact the total's only six here in this game uh, is kind of surprising. Over six, minus 105. Makes sense to me. Last year, these teams played twice. 6-3 in Buffalo, 7-3 uh, in Anaheim. Sabres won both games. Uh, both of them flew over the total. You know, Buffalo team total is probably a better option if you like the Sabres. I might sprinkle on that, too. A Buffalo team total over three and a half. Uh, Anaheim's given up five in back-to-back games. They gave up four to Florida, five to Tampa Bay. You know, they're giving up goals in bunches right now. Um, So I might sprinkle a little bit, too, on this Buffalo team total uh, over three and a half at plus money, too. Uh, Buffalo over three and a half plus 110. 
but I like the full game over even more. Uh, over six here, uh, minus 105. Uh, both of these teams are untrustworthy night-to-night defensively, um, and I think you're going to see that. Now, again, be careful with looking at Buffalo and seeing that you know in three of their last four games, they've given up one goal or less. The Vancouver game was a flat spot a little bit for the Canucks. Tough travel spot. San Jose, Chicago, no offense, you know, not offenses that we're very trustworthy with. So, uh, yeah, for me, I think we'll probably see some goals here tonight. Gibson's form hasn't been great. Uh, Ugo Pekalukunen actually has been solid lately. But, again, let's see if as as the competition gets a little bit better. Uh, you know, he, he was okay shutting out San Jose, Chicago. He gave up three, and they lost to Tampa Bay. So, still, quite, the one thing Anaheim can do is score. You know, Anaheim can't keep the puck out of their own net right now, but they do have offensive capabilities. And for me, Henrique is the guy you got to target right now playing with the rookie Leo Carlson and Troy Terry. And he's just suddenly on a hot streak, a big time hot streak, four goals, six points in the last four games for the uh, Anaheim Ducks. So uh, he's the obvious uh, prop candidate on the Anaheim side. There's no question with, uh, you know, uh, honorable mention, I guess you could say to Mason McTavish. He got a goal a couple of nights ago. Uh, and uh, Troy Terry uh, racking up the points. I mean, the goals not so much, but five points in the last four games for him. Uh, for Buffalo, uh, we'll see if uh, Jeff Skinner, Jeff Skinner will play. He didn't play against Tampa Bay. Uh, he's questionable for tonight. Uh, that means Zach Benson might move up to that top line. If that's the case, I think his his props have some value. JJ Paterka, I think probably a good look as well uh, for the uh, Buffalo Sabers. He's been uh, chipping in lately. Casey Middlestat too. Uh, Four points in the last three games for him. So in a game where I think there's a pretty decent chance we see some offense and we see some goals, it's not a bad game to get involved as far as player props uh, are concerned. All right, final game of this Tuesday card, New York Rangers, San Jose Sharks. Uh, We've got uh, New York minus 340 road favorites, six the total in this game. I'm not doing it again tonight. I mean, I thought, you know, Rangers got a desperately needed win after struggling. Then they play, play, you know, uh, now they play San Jose. It it feels like, hey, it's time to get on a run here, put a couple of wins together. But I said that about L.A. going to play San Jose last night, where L.A. gets a win after some struggles, build on it against San Jose, and they lose 4-3 in a shootout. So this kind of feels like that exact same situation tonight with the New York Rangers. They finally got a win to snap their little funk when they came back in the third period to beat Anaheim uh, on Sunday night. But uh, now they play San Jose and you think, Hey, it's time to build some momentum. Don't just beat Anaheim and think, you know, rest on your laurels and that, Hey, everything's good again, come to work and beat this, uh, San Jose team. But, you know, I'm not doing it. Uh, not at this price. That's for sure. Uh, San Jose, it is a back to back for them after the uh, win against the, uh, LA Kings last night. That's two straight wins for them. Hasn't happened very often, but they beat Anaheim and then they have the monster. Uh, upset against the uh, LA Kings last night uh, in a shootout. We'll see how this one goes. Um, You know, to be honest with you, we've seen a lot of close games with the Rangers and the Sharks. You go back to the beginning of last year, these teams have played each other three times, including one time earlier this year. Uh, Rangers won at home 3-2 in overtime last October. Uh, San Jose won in uh, at home against, or the Rangers won in San Jose uh, last year uh, 2-1. San Jose won in New York 3-2 in overtime last year. And then earlier this year in December at Madison Square Garden, 6-5 to five Rangers uh, in a wild up-and-down affair. So the draw is the only thing I would really consider here uh, in this game with the uh, Rangers and the uh, San Jose Sharks. Um, and we did see a draw last night, obviously, uh, in the uh, Kings and Sharks game. 
And keep in mind, too, for the Rangers, you know, this is going to be their fourth game, final game on the road trip as well. And uh, one of these deals where, you know, if they win, they're two and two, and suddenly the road trip feels like it's you accomplished more. But if you lose somehow tonight to the lowly San Jose Sharks, you're one and three uh, going back home to play the uh, Vegas Golden Knights on Friday night, which is an ESPN uh, national TV game on Friday night, Golden Knights and Rangers. Um, so uh, to me, the draws, uh, I might uh, I might sprinkle a couple of bucks on that. I'm just going to look to see what the price is on that. I mean, when you think about it, three meetings with the Rangers and the Sharks since the start of last season, all three games were decided by one goal. And only one of them went to overtime, but the other two were regulation games that uh, went to uh, were decided by one goal. So, you know, for some reason, it has been very, very close games, Rangers versus Sharks. So it does make that draw, you know, an appealing look here. Plus 420, I will. I'll bet it at that price. Plus 420. I'm always hoping for in these bigger favorites. Uh, when I bet a draw in a game involving a bigger favorite, I'm always looking for plus 400 or better. And that's exactly what we're seeing here with this uh, spot, with this price tonight uh, on the uh, San Jose Sharks. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood in net tonight, not surprising because it was cocking in last night. So we're seeing Mackenzie Blackwood tonight. And Igor Shesterkin getting the call once again for the uh, New York Rangers, who, you know, still trying to get his game, you know, back in terms of consistency. You know, it looked like for a bit he was starting to get his game back uh, in the later part of December. Then he gets to January, and here's what Igor's done. Shesterkin gives up six to Carolina, one to Chicago, then five to Vancouver, four to St. Louis, one to Washington, two to Seattle, four to Vegas in a disappointing loss that night, uh, and then two goals, but only on 18 shots against Anaheim. So really it's just a big mixed bag. You know, right now with Igor Shesterkin all over the place, you know, as far as his uh, form uh, in between the pipes. So, uh, like I said, I'm going to look toward leaning toward the draw here with the uh, Rangers uh, and the uh, Sharks. Do I lean over here, too? I might. I might because the Rangers have trended that way for three of their last four games have gone over San Jose back to back overs. You know, and I'll say this about San Jose, too, since they got Logan Couture back. I don't know if this is all a product of Logan Couture, but. You know, it's another forward that you have to pay attention to when you're playing San Jose and you're trying to defend them. Since he's been back in the lineup, they are 2-0 and and they've scored nine goals. You know, and they've scored nine goals in the two games combined. So I'm, I'm all of a sudden, this game I had very little on coming into this breakdown, and I've kind of talked myself into draw and the over at least a little bit for smaller plays uh, in this game. That's probably, excuse me, what we'll be looking at here in this game. But yeah, as far as player props go for... uh First of all, for San Jose, uh, like I said, with at least with Couture back, you've got another uh, player that you have to pay attention to, and he does have an assist in the two games. And like I said, they've scored uh, nine goals uh, in the two games as well, which is uh, pretty good for San Jose uh, when you think about it. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, Fabian Zetterland, back-to-back games with a goal. I think if you're going to bet any player prop on San Jose, you pretty much have to start with him uh, because he's scored in consecutive games. And then for the Rangers, you know, Kako has slowed down again on that top line. Uh, but again, every night there's going to be value. You just got to hope he capitalizes and converts on one of his chances with Zabanajad and Kreider. And uh, Vinny Trocek, you know, continues to be uh, pretty solid for them as well in terms of a uh, recent production. Uh, he's been in good form for the better part of the last several weeks. Um, so those are the two I would look at as far as props on the uh, New York Rangers side of the equation. All right. Great stuff. That's the Tuesday card. Shout out to everyone. 
Uh, hit the like button. 272 live viewers watching. We appreciate it very much. Make sure you sign up at patreon.com slash iceguys. Just $10 per month. You get our daily card, sides, totals, player props each and every day from me and Alex get posted on the Patreon page which is very convenient, obviously, for those of you that don't get to watch the show every single day. You'll always get our sides, totals, and player props posted on the Patreon page every single day. Patreon.com slash IceGuys, just $10 per month. Our goalie charts, totals charts. Uh, we will be recording some bonus videos starting next week. Alex and I, themed videos, Q&As, um, hockey discussion, betting discussion, and that. So uh, looking forward to that. No question about that, uh, recording those during the All-Star break. And also, our first Patreon-exclusive Ice Guys Live BetCast. It is coming up. It is right around the corner. It's before the end of January. You guys do the math. What's today? January 23rd. So we've got three, four, five, six, seven, eight days left in the month of January. That means the ex first exclusive live BetCast of 2024 on Patreon is going to be sometime in the next eight days, all right? We know the date already. I know the date. Alex does. And what's going to happen is the morning of the BetCast, we will post the YouTube link for that Ice Guys Patreon-exclusive live BetCast on the Patreon page. And that is going to be basically the breaking news to everyone and all our Patreon members that we will be having our live BetCast that night. So stay tuned. It's right around the corner. Uh, and we are looking forward to it for sure. Patreon.com slash Ice Guys, uh, just $10 per month. And again, that Patreon exclusive Ice Guys live betcast, it's coming up before the end of January. One of these next uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight days. And it's one of them. And we will be doing our Patreon exclusive live betcast for all our Patreon members. And what that means is if you want to watch the betcast live and if you want to join us on the stream during the betcast, you must be a Patreon member. It will only be available to those of you that are Patreon members and subscribers. So again, it's just $10 per month for all of that great bonus extra content. And again, the $10 per month will help go a long way to keep this show going for the long term. So patreon.com slash ice guys, uh, just $10 uh, per month. Uh, make sure you get on board with that if you haven't done so uh, already. And of course, make sure as well, you check out the Ice Guys store, all the great gear and merch available at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right, it is time for Bargain Bin Special of the Night uh, for this uh, Tuesday night card. Lots to choose from, a lot of interesting spots out there uh, as far as uh, player props go tonight on this slate. Um, I'm going to go back because uh, to, to uh, one that I had my eye on earlier, uh, and I'm going to go back to the well with it here tonight. Even though I think, you know, as far as who's going to win this game, it's up in the air. Um, I'm going to go back to a guy that scored last night for this team. They're playing tonight. He's still on the top line. We're going to go to Pavel Dorofeyev for the Vegas Golden Knights, plus 325 uh, at Batano for my uh, bargain bin special of the night. He has been noticeable. He's been getting chances. Of course, he scores. He opens the scoring last night for Vegas against New Jersey. And again, plus 325 for a top-line player that is playing with confidence, playing in good form, playing with great players as well uh, on that top line. And Stevenson's been an assist machine lately. So Stevenson's not looking to score right now. He's looking to set up his line mates, and one of them 
is Pavel Dorofeyev. So uh, there we go. Pavel Dorofeyev for the Vegas Golden Knights plus 325 for my bargain bin special of the night on this Tuesday NHL slate. Uh, my best bet for this Tuesday NHL card. Um, let's go to Buffalo Anaheim. I like over six minus 115 Sabres and Ducks. I think it's going to be one of those games. It's two teams that are not that great. Time to both teams, I think, can spread their wings a little bit offensively in this game. Last year, it was two games that sailed over the total head-to-head between the Sabres and the Ducks. Both of them in the shorter term are trending over the total. Anaheim's defensive game has totally, totally failed them lately. Uh, I think Buffalo gets going offensively, and I think Anaheim, uh, the one thing they can do right now is score goals. So over, I was surprised this total was six. Let's take advantage of it. Buffalo, Anaheim over six, minus 115 uh, for my best bet here for this Tuesday NHL card. That'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate it very much. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. And again, one more time, because I know you guys love your betcasts, and the first Patreon-exclusive live betcast is coming before the end of the month. It's going to be any of the next few days. So make sure you get on board. $10 per month, patreon.com slash iceguys, so that you are in the mix for the first live betcast that is exclusive to Patreon for 2024 which is, again, coming your way before the end of January. That's a wrap. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday for another edition of The Ice Guys. (laughs) 